Disability After Dark with Andrew Gerza. Shining a bright light on sex and disability. Content warning. The opinions, language, and discussion expressed in Disability After Dark may be explicit. Listener discretion advised. My name's Andrew Gerza, and I will be your scintillating sexy host as we light up the conversation on sex and disability like never before, right here on Disability After Dark. Hi, hey, thanks for clicking on episode 10 of Disability After Dark, episode 10. We've actually reached our 10th episode of the podcast. I'm so excited. We're We're up around 600 downloads of the program of the first nine episodes. So I'm really, really excited that we've got those numbers. We've only been out as a podcast for now less than a month. So I'm really, really excited that this is a conversation that we all want to have. And people are curious about sex and disability and really want to explore how sex and disability and sexuality and disability feels with me. So I'm, uh, I'm really, really honored to be given such a platform. And I'm so, so excited that you're back for this episode. So for this episode, I want to talk about how dating with a disability feels. I don't think we often talk about that enough. We generally tend to talk about dating with a disability. We kind of talk around dating and disability. We talk about how it would be for somebody else to date somebody with a disability. We talk about that a lot. But we generally don't go into what it really feels like and some of the experiences that you have when you're trying to date as a disabled person. And I want to kind of explore that. And I want to go deeper into the emotional experiences of dating while disabled. That's one of the funny, fucked up things that happen when you try to date as a disabled person. There are many, many experiences that only a disabled person could have, and I want to kind of explore a few of those in this episode and talk about disability and dating from a different lens and really, really uncover some stuff and really open some things up and talk about the experiences that I've had and share with you how I felt about them. I think we don't talk enough about how it feels, and I really want to uncover that with you, and I think it's an important topic that we need to really discuss more, and so that's what this episode is going to be about. We're going to consider what dating with a disability really feels like. We're going to talk about the risk of going on a date with somebody with a disability. We're going to talk about why that's a dangerous way to look at disability when you think of it as a risk and kind of where that maybe came from, and we're going to look at some articles that I've written around dating with a disability and some of the thoughts that I've had as a dater with disabilities and what that means for me and what that what I want out of a date as a disabled person. We're going to kind of explore the emotional side of that today. One of the things I hear all the time when I talk about dating with a disability, one of the questions that comes up almost immediately from the able-bodied population is, would you date that disabled person or would you date that disabled guy or would you? Now, this question might seem kind of innocuous and not really um, not really important, but I want you to listen to the wording of the question again. The question is, would you date that disabled person? Pay attention to the word would. The word would seems to be really um, prevalent in how we talk about disability. Would you date that disabled guy? Would you have sex with a disabled person? Would you, would you, would you? And I remember when I was doing research for this piece, I googled, a few days ago, I googled disabled dating, and all I found on the internet was um, 
would you date somebody who's disabled? So posters on the internet asking, would you date somebody with a disability? Would you, would you, would you? And I remember how taken aback I was when I kept saying would. It really upset me because it suggested that there's some risk in dating somebody with a disability and there's an issue with that. And I always find it such a weird question. Like, who would you, who would you be asking that to? Like, you're asking your other friends, oh, would you date that disabled guy? Like, would you? Why would you? And it's such a weird, the way that that question is posed to individuals, like, would you? Like, why would you? You shouldn't have to do that. Like, would you put yourself in that weird position to date somebody like that? It's such a strange question. And what do we, I wonder, what do we ask this about somebody who was dating somebody of color or somebody of a different nationality or somebody who, who was transgender? What do we ask these questions? Do we ask these questions of, of other marginalized groups? And I'd love to hear from individuals who experience that. If you, if, if it's a marginalized group thing or if it's just a disability thing, do we ask others, like, would you date that guy who's different than you? Would you? Like, why? I think it's such a horrible way to start discussions of, the, of how, who we're going to date and who we find attractive. By asking the question, would you, I believe that you're automatically creating a, quote, us versus them dynamic that pits the disabled person squarely in a whole other category. So you've removed them from even really being a person and you're like, oh, this is totally another species of person. Like, why, why would you even touch them? They're so different than us. It's so mean girls ask. I just don't understand why we, you would ask, would you? And just to note, you should know that disabled people are indeed in a whole other category of their own crippled fucking awesomeness, bitches. So get ready for that. I'm a unicorn of amazingness, just so you all know. I'm in my own fucking category, and yeah, I own that shit. But I don't think that you should automatically put somebody in that category because you're scared. And by asking, would you, you really do separate us from each other, and that's really problematic. The divisiveness of that question really, really hurts. And it's really, really, I believe, very, very, extremely dangerous. So asking the question, would you date somebody with a disability, I, I believe pits us against one another and puts us in, a, in different categories. And I, like I said, I'm a fucking unicorn, so you should totally go on a date with me because I'm awesome. But when you do that, you divide. And I think the division is dangerous. But when you also, when you ask that question, you also do another thing. You assume there is a particular level of risk when it comes to dating somebody with a disability. You assume that they are a liability. You assume that it's scary to date them. You assume that, that you, you're, you're letting me know by asking that question that you are scared of dating somebody with a disability or dating somebody different than you. And I'm really curious, what is the real risk? Is there a risk? What are you so scared of? And I had some thoughts on this, and I want to elaborate on what I believe people might be scared of. My first thought when I think what people are afraid of when it comes to disability and dating somebody with a disability is this. Are you scared that you might have to grow up? Are you scared that by dating me, you're going to have to mature a little bit? You're going to have to see things you weren't ready for. You're going to have to help me with things you weren't aware of. You're going to have to learn about the body in a different way. You're going to have to see me go through some real shit. And are you worried that that real shit's too real for you? Are you worried that you're going to have to 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 mature faster? You're going to have to look at things differently. And you're gonna. it's not going to be this 
high school fantasy date kind of thing that we're all used to. This like really easy breezy date. It's not going to be that. Even if it is totally fine. A date with me is not going to be that. It's going to be complicated and fucked up and strange. And are you ready for that? Is that what you're ready for? Maybe you're just scared to admit that you're not ready for that. Um, one of the things I also look at when I think about dating with disabilities and what some fears people might have are with respect to that are, are you scared that you might have to really get to know someone and be vulnerable with them? Part of disability and what I love about the disability experience so much is being vulnerable. I love being totally open, totally out there, totally real 100% of the time, totally myself, vulnerable and fucked up and honest. That's one of, one of the things, one of the gifts that my disability has afforded me is to be completely real all of the time. And, and if I have a feeling for somebody or if I have emotions, I tend to express them immediately and intensely because I want to feel all that. And especially when it comes to romantical anything, I want to feel all of it all the time because I never really get to experience that, which I'll talk about a bit later. But I, I'm curious, are we, when we go on, when we date somebody or when we go on a date with somebody, do we not want to be our authentic selves? And I think with disability, you're forced to be authentic all of the time. Your disability forces you to be real with somebody, especially when it comes to dating, because dating generally tends to lead to maybe, hopefully, but that goes well, sex. So you have to be real with them because, and I want to be real if I'm going on a date with you. I want to be as honest as I can because if, if I get in bed with you, I want you to know who you're getting in bed with and know that you're getting in bed with me and my disability. And so let's, let's be real about that. And I think when people see how vulnerable and honest I am, almost immediately from getting to know you, because I don't think there's any reason for us to hide shit. So I'm very, very real about how I interact, especially with somebody that I want to get to know. I'm very, very honest, probably too honest, to be quite honest. Um, so I, I don't hide any of that. And I think that scares people away, that vulnerability and that access to vulnerability that I have that I can tap into quite easily is can be very scary and can be very daunting for some people. And I think that we don't realize how scary it is until we're, we're in it and we see somebody being so real. And I... I wonder if that's what people are afraid of when it comes to dating somebody with a disability. Uh, I'm also, I also wonder if you're scared that you might like it. We've been taught by society that we're not supposed to like individuals with disabilities. We're not supposed to sexualize them. We're not supposed to do any of that. So if you like it, and if I turn you on, and if you're excited by the prospect of being with me, are you also scared that you might actually like somebody with a disability and you might be going against the grain and against the pack and against the modern social norm that says disability is not sexy. The biggest thing that I think people are scared of is that you might have met somebody who takes all of this dating shit very, very seriously. And I'll tell you honestly, I'm that kind of person. I'm the guy who takes all of this extremely real and extremely seriously. I don't play when it comes to dating. I mean all of the things I say. I'm very honest. I'm very upfront. I'm very real about what I want and who I want and how I want them. I don't, pre I don't pretend. I don't have time for games. My disability has allowed me to not play any games about how I feel, and I'm very thankful for that. And I'm not scared to show myself. I'm scared of how people react when I show myself. We're only just getting started here on episode 10 of Disability After Dark, Dating While Disabled. But first, I want to take a brief break and play some ads, and then we'll be right back here on Disability After Dark, the podcast to finally shine a bright light on sex and disability. 
Want to find out more about Disability After Dark, Disability Awareness Consulting, and me, Andrew Gerza? Head on over to the shiny, sexy, new www.andrewgerza.com. There you'll find the podcast, my blogs, and my press kit so you can hire me to bring Disability After Dark and Disability with Drew to your event, conference, or community group. Let's do disability together. Hi, my name is Daniel. I have cerebral palsy and I disability after dark. The podcast shine a bright light on sex and disability. Alright, so when I first started blogging about two years ago, I wrote a blog for Huffington Post, Queer Voices, that I'm really, really proud of and that I really, really, I love linking people to and talking about because I think it's really important. I wrote a blog called Five Reasons Why Going on a Date with a Disabled Dude Will Be Totally Worth It. And I talk about this problem that I have with the would, would you date somebody with a disability question. And I pretty much highlight everything I just spoke about and about how I think what is divisive and how it's dangerous and how we shouldn't use it and how there are other ways to to talk about dating and disability other than would. But I also highlight, most importantly, some of the great reasons why you should date somebody with a disability and how dating somebody with a disability, in my case, a queer disabled guy, and that's kind of the lens that I take from it when I wrote this piece, why it's so important and why it's so cool to date somebody with a disability. And I wanted to share some of those reasons. And probably, because we have time and it's my podcast and I'm the boss, I'll probably share all five reasons with you and why they're important. We'll talk about them. So let's do that now. The first reason that I talk about in in the article is that, and why you should date somebody with a disability, why you should date a disabled person, is that everybody's looking for something different. And I pretty much talk about how in every... Taylor Swift song, in every episode of Girls, in every romantic comedy, everybody is talking about how they want to date somebody different. They bemoan that everybody's the same, I'm looking for something new, something that's going to take my breath away, something that's going to change my perspective, blah, blah, blah. Every, the way we look at dating is that we all want something else. We all want something that's out of the ordinary, that is completely off of the charts, different from what we're used to. Well, guess what? Crips got you covered there. I mean, what could be more different than rolling in the bar through the back door in the tricked out wheelchair you have, the 300 pounds of love chariot? Don't lie, as you watch me rolling through towards you commanding, commanding awesomeness in my chair and confidence, you can't help but get a tingle in your nether regions. Right? I mean, you kind of get turned on. Now just picture, picture me in slow motion coming at you in my chair, all sexy and, like, sexed up in my chair, ready to do shit. Think about, I know, the visual's hot, right? You're, you're turning on right now as you're picturing it. Like, there's, I'm picturing, like, coming through the bar, getting up on the freight elevator, and, like, slowly making a sexy entrance. That's hot. I wish that happened to me in real life, but in my head, that's hot. Like, that's confident and fun. Like, that should be, that should be one of the things you should be ready for when you date somebody with a disability, is that they will enter in their big fucking sexy wheelchair and that's cool that's hot i mean all jokes aside quite honestly 
Cripples have a different appreciation for the world. We can offer you a different perspective than all those wannabe frat sorority, quote, young professionals. People, can we please review the term young professional? What the fuck does that even mean? But anyway, my point is that we can offer you a different perspective than the typical daters out there, and I think we should be looking at that as an asset as opposed to something that is scary. We should look at disability as something that is totally, totally dateable and totally sexy and can offer different ways to look at things than any, than, than most people can today. Another reason why you should go on a date with that disabled person is because generally, for the most part, we're hilarious. We're probably some of the funniest, untapped humorists you've ever met in your whole life because people don't think we're funny. They, they think that we, sit in our cha- that we sit in our chairs or mobility devices and we lament our world as disabled individuals when really we're out there creating and talking about hilarious things that only happen to us when you're disabled. So you should totally go on a date with us because we can talk about things in a really funny way. There are things that happen to me as a cripple that are really, really different and funny and just odd and I want to share that with you and I want to make that part of the experience with you and I think like I call myself a cripple openly I'll wear a hat that says cripple on a date I'll make fun of all of that I'll talk about my big joystick I make fun of all of that because that's a part of who I am and it's not to deter you from the fact that I'm disabled it's to say listen this is 1000% of who I am and if you're going to go on a date with me you're going to have to be okay with that. I tell most of my dates that if we're going to go on a date and if we're going to hang out and if we're really going to get to know one another, you better be comfortable calling me a cripple and you better be okay with that by the end of the date because that's what we'll do and that's what we'll talk about and that's what we, it'll be part of the conversation. I mean, the whole date won't be about how I'm disabled and how great I am because that's a bit gross and hubristic, but it'll be the disability will be prominently displayed and discussed in the date. It should be, because I want you to see that it it totally encompasses who I am. Now, this next part some of you might disagree with and some of you might not approve of what I'm talking about, but I think it's an important part of the dating with a disability discussion to bring this up. And so when I go on dates with somebody, when I actually go out, when we go out to a place to date, a lot of people think that my date is my caregiver. This happens to so many of us. I can't even tell you. We've all, we've all had an experience like this where the person that we're romantically linked to for the evening, somebody blindly assumes that they're our father, our mother, our caregiver, our nurse. All these things have happened to us at one point or another when you live with a disability. This is something that happens every single time. So I say that you capitalize on that shit. Capitalize on that shit so hard. If somebody thinks that you are the attendant, or in my case, what I refer to as my friend attendant, because I often will need a lot of help with things. So I'll say to my date, listen, I will need your help with this. Can you help me? And typically they'll be, they'll say, oh yeah, sure. Or they will, or they won't, or whatever it is. But I will say I need help with this. So if somebody thinks that you are my attendant, typically you can get into a movie for like half price or for free with the caregiver. So I'll say, yeah, say you're my caregiver and let's get it for free. It's a fun little perk and you can play with that. And why not? Why not make the just make that part of it and say, oh yeah, listen, we didn't have to spend as much money, we didn't have to worry about this because we played that card, and that way you can see that, listen, I play those cards all the time. I I capitalize on that all the time, and I use my disability to get things for free when I can, like that. 
It's a little nice perk. It means that we didn't have to worry about money and we could just hang out and do something fun without worrying about, I spent, you know, $10 on this movie when it could have been free. Guess what? If you come as my attendant, for half of us, it's free and that's cool. And that way I can treat you to the experience of disability. And so, should, so what? They think you're my caregiver. Why not? I have a lot of attendants that are cool and I go to movies with. So you should totally capitalize on that. I will totally pretend that you're my caregiver and I'm okay with that. So I think that others should try that as well. And play with that. Make it a part of the experience. And what I say about that is this. If you're going on a date with me just to have a free movie, that's a problem. So just be, be more, that's really why we're going on, on the date, then we shouldn't be going on the date. Um, but if you want to kind of explore that with me and have fun with that, that's great. Also, when have we ever turned down free shit? When has free shit ever been turned down? So let's, let, I mean, I think we should just toy with that a bit and see where that goes and see, you know, what happens. And just enjoy the fact that, that we can get, can get things for free and that I can use my crippledness to make the date a bit more fun that way. Another reason why I think that you should go on a date with somebody with a disability is because of what I what I referred to, at least in this article, as the crippled connection. And what I talk about in this article is that um, there are a lot of things people with disabilities have to contend with day in and day out that, no, no, that most people are not aware of. One of the benefits of going on a cryptastical adventure date with me is that you'll get to see this firsthand. So you want to go to this really hip, cool bar with karaoke, but it's not accessible? Fear not. Let's fight through the throngs of drunken college kids together and, you know, belt out Don't Stop Believing so we can get into the club and do at the shit out of some 80s pop. My point is that if you stick along with me in this date, you'll see the realities of going, of going into clubs through the back, of going into places with accessible washrooms, of trying to find movie theaters that are accessible, of trying to find venues that are easy for me to access, of trying to do all these things. You'll see it firsthand and you'll understand what this means for me and why it's so important for me that you spend time with me to see this. I think it's such a good learning curve to go on a date with somebody who's never experienced that so they can see it for real and see it firsthand. One of the sexiest things that I that I did on a date with somebody was have them get completely outraged by how inaccessible it was and then we ended up having great sex afterwards because they were outraged and couldn't believe that I had to go through that but they connected to my experience on the date and I felt that that was so important for them to see and to see why I can't many of us with disabilities can't just hop in a car and go on a date it takes a lot more planning and a lot more work to go on the date and to make the date fun and accessible for us so I think it's important to share that with your date and show them that reality. And at the time when I wrote this, my number five reason for why you should go on a date with that disabled person is because we're all bad at this shit, okay? The most important thing you'll learn on the date with me is that while you may be sitting there across the table trying to mind your P's and Q's as to what is PC with respect to my CP, you should know that I have no clue what I'm doing and I may also be really shit at this dating thing. True fact, I have no clue what I'm doing, ever. I have no clue. So, really and truly, there you have it. Ask me out for that copy. The worst that you could, the worst that could happen is, and I'm reading this word for word because I love this quote from this article that I wrote. I know, I know, I sound like a big, like, hoity-toity writer, but I love this. So I said, so, there you have it. Ask me out for that copy. The worst that could happen is that I have a spasm and accidentally throw it in your face just before we get into our free movie. 
after you wipe the whipped mocha out of your eyes, they could be open to a whole new possibility. Not too shabby, hey? Don't worry, we're not done yet. I have a lot more I want to say about dating well disabled right here on Disability After Dark. We've explored so far in the episode why you should date somebody with a disability and why you should turn that would you date somebody with a disability question into, you know what, you totally should date that person with a disability. We've talked about that and explored why that's important and explored what that means for all of us and why you should do that. But I also want to underline and underscore that when you say that you should date somebody with a disability, you are bolstering the truth and the reality that disabled bodies have value. When you say, I would you date somebody with a disability, when you turn that into a weird question like that and say, oh, would you date somebody with a disability? You're questioning whether they have value and that's problematic. So we need to turn the should into would and turn the would into I will, as in, I totally will ask that good-looking guy in a wheelchair with a big dick out, i.e. that's me that I'm talking about. So we should turn the should into would and turn the would into will. We should just start asking people with disabilities that we're attracted to out and not see it as something that's so scary. We should be afraid of it, yes, I think the fear is natural, but not be afraid to explore that with the person and talk about that and bring that to light. Now I want to consider how it feels to date when you are a person with disabilities, when you are a disabled person, when you're a cripple. How does going on that date feel and what does that do for you as a disabled person to, to go on the date and what does that mean for you and how does that experience shape you and how do you feel about all that? I want to, I want to explore that now. So now we're going to look at how dating with a disability feels. I think anybody who goes on a date will tell you that dating generally is terrifying. It's a terrifying experience that we sort of wish we could all skip over and never really have to worry about and you just kind of end up in a relationship with somebody awesome. I think in the back of our minds, whether we live with disabilities or not, that's something we all secretly wish could happen. But I think when I say it's terrifying, and I have in the notes here that it's terrifying as fuck, terrifying AF, which I believe is true, um, it's terrifying as fuck for a whole bunch of different reasons related to disability. You're worried about disability trans being on time. You're worried about wearing the right thing. You're worried about how your body looks in your wheelchair. You're worried about what the, what accessibility could be like. You're worried about what the person will think, what they'll say, what your body might do with respect to disability to ruin them. You're worried about so many different things. You're just terrified that all of this stuff will come crashing down. And for me, when I do go on dates with people, I often worry that it's not real. I'm terrified that whatever I'm doing in the state that I'm on is not actually a real date. And that I'm making it out to be a date when it's really just a hangout. Or it's really just like a, a getting to know somebody. But it's never really been termed a date. I've never been on a date with somebody and been like, oh yeah, we had a date. And I'm pretty sure this person likes me too. That's never anything that I've ever felt with somebody. And that the fact that I've never felt that with somebody, it's that that's terrifying to me. I want to know that somebody also has butterflies and also is exhilarated by this whole thing. And then I've also said in the notes that dating with a disability feels exhilarating because it's something for many of us that doesn't happen very often. We don't often go on, I, well, I anyway, personally, don't go on a lot of dates. Even though I talk a big game and I talk about sex and I work in sex and disability, I don't actually go on a lot of dates. And so when I do get the chance to actually go on a proper date with somebody, which doesn't happen very often, but when it does, 
I get excited by the possibilities. I get really, really excited that, that this could be something more. And, and I think sometimes out of that excitement, I get a little bit too too excited because it doesn't happen very often. I want it, I want it to be something real. And so I, I, I let myself fantasize about what that could be a little bit too much. I think you also worry that something, quote, disabled will happen to you that will, quote, out you as cripple, as the cripple you are. And so there's a shit ton of internalized ableism that happens when I go on dates. I get really uncomfortable that my disability's going to get in the way, that it's going to be a problem, that it's going to cause all these issues, that my leg bag is going to break, and then I'm going to pee on the guy, that something related to my disability is going to happen, that it's going to totally show this guy just how disabled I am, which is odd because I also want them to know that I'm disabled, so why am I scared about it? But I'll, I'll be honest, I do get afraid that it's going to be too much and it's going to scare them away and it's going to be all these things. And as, as confident as I, as I am around discussing my disability when it comes to dating with my disability, it's terrifying. It's really one of the most scary things because you're really worried that at any moment your disability is going to act up or flare up or something disability cripple related is going to happen. And then what do you do? What do you do? What happens? Like in that instance in the article that I was reading earlier where I talk about, you know, throwing coffee in the guy's face, that could happen, has happened. And I, I never know how to react when that occurs. Or I've thrown food off plates because I was trying to be independent and I was trying to feed myself and I've thrown pasta dates and things have happened that are really funny, but also totally out you as disabled and then what do you do? I wrote an article a couple of years back that got picked up by the mighty.com and they retitled it and I can't remember what they called it, but I, I pulled up the original file that I wrote and I talk in this article about how hard it is when we look at dis disability and dating. We never really take into account what the disabled person is feeling and thinking. And I talk about how upset I was that we never really get to think about what I'm thinking about. So I put down some thoughts when I'm on a date with you, what I think about and what I'm concerned about. And I called this originally, it was called My First Date With You, What Your Date Is Thinking and Feeling, or What Your Date With a Disability Is Thinking and Feeling. So I want to kind of share some thoughts on that with you and I kind of elaborate on those things that I wrote a couple years ago in that piece. I want you to picture that you and I are sitting across from each other. We are out on our very first date. We've ordered our insert caviar food item here and we're both nervously making small talk, looking for any avenue where we may have common ground. While you're sitting across from me, trying your best to find a way that you can ask about the lived experience of disability without coming across as an insensitive and trust me, the struggle to do this is effectively, is indeed deep and very real. I'm sitting across from you having my own worries. I wanted to illuminate some of what I'm thinking so that you can see that I'm just as nervous and just as scared of this as you are. So picture that, picture us on a day together and we're across from each other at the table. And so the first thing I'm thinking is, what if I have a spasm? And I write, okay, let me break this down for you. I live the experience of disability with spastic quadriplegic cerebral palsy. This means that any loud noise or anything that scares me may result in me inadvertently having a spasm and throwing my $8 coffee drink in your face. I'm doing everything in my power at this moment to pick up the drink in front of me and not have you end up with, with whipped mocha all over you. If all goes well, that will happen much later. 
pun definitely intended. I was annoyed when I wrote that part because they didn't put it in the finished article, and that pissed me off because it was really funny, and, and I love playing with words like that, and so when they didn't put it in, I was like, really guys, come on, it could be really funny. The second thing that I'm often worried about is this. I'm worried that I look disabled right now. So you're sitting there across from me trying to figure out how to ask me about my disability, which should come in the form of, so Andrew, can you tell me about your disability? But actually comes out as, hey, so what happened to you? Ew, please never ask me that. I will not answer that question. Um, but so you're trying to figure out how to ask me this textfully, and I'm sitting there trying to trying to look at my body, and I'm going, oh my god, my hands are spastic, my body is curved to one side, oh my god, I look super disabled, I'm trying really hard not to throw food at myself, or I'm trying, to, I'm trying really hard to pick up that thing I dropped on myself so you don't think that I can't take care of myself. I'm trying to be really disarmingly charming with my deliciousness, but I'm afraid that you are scared that I have, you know, crumbs on my face, that I have all these things going on because of my disability. I'm worried that I look super disabled, and I'm trying really hard the whole time to be, quote, normal. Now, as I've gotten older, that's changed, and I don't care so much, and I make jokes about how I drop things on my lap for you to grab, but I really do worry about how I look, and I worry how much the disability plays into that. I also carry extreme concerns that I might never get a second date. I might never get to see you again, and this might be the only interaction we ever have. And this happens to me a lot. I worry that I'm never going to get to spend time with you again and that you might be scared off by the disability. And so that's why I typically only have first dates. Now imagine if every single date you ever had was hindered around the fear that you have of disability and the fear that I have around my own disability. And imagine never being able to get past that. Imagine never being able to discuss something outside of that and actually be comfortable with each other's company. And when I go on dates, that's how I feel a lot of the time. I'm, I'm dying for a second or third date because I want to see what's going to happen after the fact and what's going to happen after we get up. We're, not, we're no longer concerned with each other so much. And I want to see how we're going to just mesh as people. And so I get really, really concerned after the first date to already have the second one because I don't know if I'll have that second one. And I really, really want that second one. I wrote a piece called Never Been Missed, which I'm not really drawing from here, but I will put it in my I'll put it on the website, andrewgerza.com, for you to peruse through in the blog. Um, you should definitely read it. It's an important piece. But I want all of you to understand that when we go on dates, a lot of us with disabilities feel this way. And dating with a disability really affects all of us, not just the able-bodied person that we're sitting across who's concerned that they're dating the guy with disabilities. We, as people with disabilities and as the disabled community, go through a lot of emotional stuff that we don't share with you, and I'm sharing with you now so you can see what the experience of dating well disabled is actually like. I hope that this episode has shone some light on dating with a disability for you and made you reconsider how people with disabilities feel when they enter the dating arena and really created some conversational topics around dating well disabled and, and gave you some food for thought and shone some light on something you never thought about before. Just before we close off this episode, I want to let you know that I've opened up a Patreon page for Disability After Dark and I'd love your support. This podcast is produced completely independently by myself. I do it here in my home studio in Toronto 
and I, I'm always looking for help to make it better, sound better, different topics, different ideas, and I would love to be able to keep the conversation lit around sex and disability. So if you want to head over to www.patreon.com slash disabilityafterdark, pledge whatever you can, tell your friends, and help me keep creating stuff around sexuality and disability so that this conversation is not just a one-off thing, it's something we can bring into the public consciousness. So please, head on over there if you can, tell your friends about the podcast, let's shine a light on sex and disability together. Thanks for listening to this episode of Disability After Dark, the podcast to shine a bright light on sex and disability. Copyright Notice The Disability After Dark podcast, including title, graphic, content, interview recordings, and title music, produced and recorded by Chris Ujiuchi, are property of Andrew Gerza. This podcast cannot be reproduced without permission from the owner. Disability After Dark with Andrew Gerza. Shining a bright light on sex and disability.